Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here, and I am super excited to host Aideen Turner. She's the founder and CEO of Virtual Physical Therapists. Aideen's focus is on reducing the cost of musculoskeletal disorders by providing convenient access to the best specialists anytime, anywhere. Before starting Virtual Physical Therapists, Aideen spent over 25 years in improving musculoskeletal outcomes as a physical therapist, published researcher, speaker, college lecturer, clinical oversight for an on-site company and owner of a busy outpatient clinic. With her background in clinical excellence, Aideen saw a need to transform the current path of musculoskeletal care by changing the focus from the treatment to a proper mechanical diagnosis. All VPT, virtual physical therapists, clinicians are required to be certified in mechanical diagnosis to maintain quality and assure best outcomes. As we think about uh, how we best tackle these musculoskeletal uh, challenges, whether you be an employer, payer, or provider just trying to manage, uh, it's key that we start looking at, at, uh, at other options beyond the traditional brick and mortar. And Aideen is here to, to share some of her insights having been in both areas uh, of, of care and now doing her virtual uh, platform. So Aideen, such a privilege to, to, to have you here with us today. Thanks for joining. Thank you, Sal. So uh, talk to me about uh, how it all started, Aideen. What, what got you into healthcare to begin with? Oh, I, I wish I had a great story that, you know, I had an accident and Peachy changed my life, but <laughs> it was probably just dumb luck. <laughs> Um, as soon as I heard the word physical therapy as a young child, I said, what is that? That's what I want to do. Um, being hyper, it just matched my personality. So there's nothing <laughs> greater than helping people. Yeah, I just feel every day that I'm in the greatest field. So just dumb luck. Cool. I love it. Hey, listen, that's good. And, and frankly, if a lot more people were honest, that's how they ended up in what they do too. So <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> Thanks. So what, what's a hot topic that uh, needs to be on health leaders agenda today? And, and what are you guys doing about it? That's a simple one. My passion, the musculoskeletal epidemic. Um, the cost and rate of disability due to musculoskeletal problems has just dramatically increased over the past 30 years. So even though our healthcare is making these dramatic advancements, um, Americans are getting more disabled. We're now spending $213 billion a year just on musculoskeletal problems. So we're making people worse, not better. Yeah. And I, I think the biggest culprit of this epidemic is just the abuse of the MRIs. So there's a lot that we need to look at because, again, we need to address this. It's an epidemic three times worse than diabetes. Our focus is on so many other things, and we need to relook at this. Three times bigger than diabetes, and diabetes is a big number. What's that, yes. what, what's that billion dollar number you said again? $213 billion a year. Just in the U.S.? Just in the U.S., just on musculoskeletal problems. Wow. Now, that's the spend, or is that the waste? That's the spend. Okay, got so it. There, so, so Medicare, they say that it's by 50% waste. So what we're spending we're probably wasting, 50, we don't need 50% of those treatments. Crazy. That's a lot of money. 
And yeah, it's, 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 it's incredible. So, so you obviously have a solution that you believe can, can bring that or at least make a dent in that. Right. So tell us about what you guys do and, and, and how it's making a difference and how you're improving outcomes and curbing this cost. Sure. So I guess the, you know, what are we doing right now? So if you wake up with neck pain or you throw your back out, the current process is you, first thing you do is you spend hours on Google trying to figure out if you have got cancer or how to fix your ailment. Um, then after a couple of days, your pain's not going away. So you book an appointment with your primary doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, you're given a prescription, of course, you know, an anti-inflammatory, hopefully now not an opioid, um, muscle relaxer. Um, time goes by, you get an x-ray, then you schedule with an orthopedist, and then you get an MRI. And the average time is 62 days before you see a physical therapist. So what we're doing is crossing all of that out. You wake up with neck pain, you throw your back out, you simply download our app, press a button, and you are connected with the top clinicians in the country. So for our quality assurance, all of our clinicians have to have this extra degree. It's not a weekend degree. It takes on average about two years. And it's simply because of outcomes. And so what's that degree we have a, again? I know I called it out sure. in the intro, but I want to hone in on it. Sure. It's um, certification or diploma in mechanical diagnosis. And why is this so important? Why? Because, you know, we're focusing, we, too much of our time has been um, focused on treating symptoms, but mm-hmm. not addressing the root cause. Mm-hmm. So clinicians that have gone through this training are able to figure out what is the root cause of the pain. Um, for so many years, we've relied on special tests. We've relied on MRIs. But now research is telling us that if you have isolated extremity symptoms, so let's say you have just elbow pain or knee pain, there's a 40% chance that that pain is actually coming from the spine. But if you go and get an MRI, they just, had, they just sent a great article out um, by Dr. Andrews about MRIs. If you have a professional pitcher with no shoulder pain and he gets an MRI, he has a 90% chance of having a labral tear and an 87% chance of having rotator cuff tear. So so if you want to have surgery, just get an MRI. No symptoms. This is normal. So we we were looking at a black and white picture, and we're thinking that this is the problem, but it may not be. So uh, if you have shoulder pain, 40% of the time coming from the neck, you need to evaluate where that pain is coming from, and the MRI is not going to tell you that. Hmm. Only a clear mechanical assessment. So our clinicians focus not on treatment it's really on the evaluation to figure out where that pain is and then to educate the patient you have a herniated disc all it is is a cut so when you bend you're opening the cut just like a cut on your knuckle this is how you fix it and the outcomes you know a herniated disc we average three to six visits not six months right no, it's interesting. And uh, I, I love the example that you gave because it's kind of like the most extreme, right? Somebody that uses that shoulder like nobody else on the world. They go in, mm-hmm. they get an MRI, they got tears. Oh, yeah, surgery candidate. No, no, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, and, and they, you know, in the, in the surgical circles, uh, the, the physicians say, hey, you got to treat the symptom, not the MRI. The challenge mm-hmm. is that a lot of people are treating MRIs. Yeah. You're proposing yes. an alternative to that. Yes. So 
if a patient, I mean, the research is showing that if the patient gets an MRI, you're going to add $5,000 to their case. And what really happens, they get an MRI. We spend at least five visits trying to um, pull them off the cliff. I mean, they just, you know, but I have degenerative disc disease. And what that means to me is you have a gray hair in your head. Degenerative disc disease just means you're over 25. And patients, they think they have a disease and they're going to get progressively worse. Mm-hmm. And this is what MRIs have done to us. So I just call an MRI the greatest sales funnel. If you get an MRI, <laughs> you're definitely going to increase your treatment. <laughs> you know. Oh, man. <clears throat> well, <laughs> listen, I mean, hey, there's, uh, there's some truth to that. I, 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 I won't debate it. Um, and, and so as you're, as you're thinking about, you know, the solution that, that you provide, give us an example of maybe, I don't know, are you working with payers? Are you working with individuals? Is this a B2B or a B2C? Um, all of it, both. So we, um, have large contracts, especially in workers comp right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and we started there because that was actually my background. Um, so our contracts with comp comp on average, uh, you know, it's a more difficult population, um, because of a lot of reasons, mostly because the worker's not addressed first. They, that should be our primary focus, but our, our average visits is six to discharge and our outcomes are nine. The patient says they are 95% better plus. So it's totally different on average for comp, depending on the state, the average visit is 12 to 17. So, and then our, there's, the charges are also significantly reduced. So we're taking it by storm. The only now, because we have these outcomes, we're now transitioning over to where we really want to be. And that's on the total reward side. Because with comp, we still have the physician involved, but we want to skip that whole process. And as soon as that person wakes up from pain, they're able to get in touch with us rather than, you know, we don't want the MRI before us. We don't want, you know, the x-rays and the medication. We want to see them first and then determine if they need further care. Sure. Sure. And, and this is all, so you said six, six visits, uh, standard care, more in the teens, if it's a uh, worker's comp, is this, are these visits are all virtual. Yeah. So six visits for us. So our comp, we're not going to see 17 visits. We average six. <laughs> so compared to traditional PT. Oh, Okay. They average 12 to 17. So we're only Got seeing it. six. So we're, so we're, we're more than 50% reduced. I'm glad you, you clarified that. So, so on the workers comp cases, you're averaging six visits for yes. 90-ish percent satisfaction. Yes. yes. Okay, got and it. And fast to it. return to work. Okay, got so it. Okay, what, that's meaningful. And that's just because of the education of our clinician. Our clinicians on the very first day, just as important as addressing pain is addressing fear. Mm-hmm. So on day one, we're addressing fear. Why is that so important? Because the chronic pain, the chronic pain cycle, it needs fear. You can't have chronic pain without fear. Mm-hmm. Fear is like the oxygen. If we remove fear, you end chronic pain. Mm-hmm. So day one, if we're addressing that fear, we know this case is going to become chronic um, or it's going to be significantly reduced. And then we empower the patient. So if a patient has a herniated disc and they have symptoms all the way down their leg, they're overwhelmed. Um, but if we can just show them how they can get the symptoms out of their leg and they can control that. And it's usually as simple as you're sitting there now, you have a herniated disc, you have symptoms all the way down to your calf. What happens if we change your posture and put a little curve in your back and you know, Oh, it's worse. My back hurts more, but how does your leg feel? And a lot of times it's called centralization. The symptoms get out of the calf and they go into the buttock. 
Mm-hmm. So then the patient now has, is able to control their symptoms. And giving someone control reduces their fear, reduces their stress, and then they become empowered. So mm-hmm. we want our patients telling us, well, how much better do you think you are? Mm-hmm. When they tell us they're 95% better, that's a lot more important than me saying they're 95% better. Oh, for sure. For sure. And uh, very interesting. So <clears throat> I'm sure a lot of people listening are, are wondering, so I'm going to ask. When, when, so this is physical therapy and, you know, you got to think it's very physical. They're involved. How do you, how do you do this virtually? Great question. Um, the most important thing uh-huh. um, is the training again. So when our therapists get a new referral, they uh-huh. look at the past medical history. The patient fills out something briefly because we have to make sure that this, the pain or the symptoms are mechanical. The only thing that physical therapists can treat is mechanical symptoms. Right. So, for example, everything refers to the back, cancer, to your internal organs. That's not for us to diagnose. That we send them back to the physician. So when we look at their past medical history and then we start asking them questions, we have to be able to change the pain for it to be mechanical. Mm-hmm. So if you have shoulder pain and it's killing you, can I affect that pain by moving your neck? More than likely, it's your neck or your shoulder. If I could have I used you two change... weeks ago, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you better call me next time. <laughs> I will, Believe um, me, I will. I got to download so, this app because it's an app, right? Yeah. Yep. Just download the app and schedule oh, an appointment. I'm, yeah. I'm so you Instead of Googling it, just contact us. So when you have pain, if we can't change it, then we get nervous. So that's the first step. We got to prove that this is mechanical. So if I move your back, I want you to say, it kills me when I bend over. It hurts when I walk. I want to hear something you're moving or position triggers or makes your symptoms worse or better. Then okay. I know I can treat it. Okay. So uh, more important to us, it's not about hands-on. We don't want passive care. Passive care lengthens the ailment. We want to empower. So we're going to figure out what's the root cause of those symptoms, what's triggering it, what's, what's making that pain or you know, that numbness. And then we're going to teach the patient, this is what causes, you have a herniated disc. So the disc just has a little cut in it and the liquid is coming out. So just like a cut on your knuckle, you want to apply overpressure. So we teach the patient how to do it. We watch them do it. We then send them a video of how to do it. And we're available by email for questions. So then, you know, we always follow up 24 hours later. So I give mm-hmm. the patient their, their homework so if it's shoulder pain and it hurt, they can't lift their arm overhead, their MRI says they have a rotator cuff tear, but quickly my evaluation, they can't lift their arm past 90 degrees, but when we do a couple of movements, they're now going to 130 degrees in two minutes. That means it's a little piece of broken cartilage in there. That's mm-hmm. much easier to treat. We rarely treat rotator cuff tears. That diagnosis is so overused. It's the pain and inability is usually something else. Um, so we give them an exercise. We follow up 24 hours later. They must be better. So they must be telling us, I feel a little bit better. If they're no better, if they feel the same, we get ner- not nervous, but we hate the same because we're not addressing the problem. If they're worse, we don't mind because worse, at least we're, we explain that to them. You're a little bit worse. We need to treat the exercise. We're going in the wrong direction. So when we tell them ahead of time, you must be better. If you start to get worse, you email us immediately and we're just going to treat the exercise. But if you stay the same, Either you're not doing the exercise, and that's how we can talk. We can find malingerers out pretty quickly, mm-hmm. or I'm not addressing the problem, and I'm getting nervous. Is this coming from somewhere else? And we know pretty quickly. 
Well, that's uh, very neat. I'm glad you you helped me better understand that. Um, <clears throat> and, and so tell us about, and look, there's a lot of people listening. We all have pain here or there. It comes, it goes for some, uh, you know, some others it stays and there's ways to address it. So this is very valuable just from an individual level. So I really appreciate your your insight here, Aideen. How about on the enterprise level? You know, we're dealing with, you know, a lot of B2B folks listening in here. What kind of insights can you give them? They're running an enterprise. They, they want to, you know, help their employees be healthier. How have you helped other organizations? Sure. Well, you just said the magic words, um, the pain comes and goes. So the most important thing to realize, there's three things that trigger pain. And this is what's overlooked with traditional care. One is heat or thermal, but it's either chemical or mechanical that causes musculoskeletal problems. So when those businesses are sending their employers, I mean, their employees that are injured and they're getting injections and medication, that's for chemical pain. Mm -hmm. If your symptoms come and go, you only have shoulder pain when you reach overhead. You only have knee pain when you go up and down stairs. Your back only hurts when you sit or bend. That's not chemical pain. That's mechanical pain. So I want to disrupt the treatment of musculoskeletal completely. We've got to stop sending these patients to clinicians that don't know the difference between chemical and mechanical pain. Yes, you can give someone an injection to numb the area, but you're not removing the problem. So if I hold my hand over a flame, that's thermal pain, removing the flame is the most important part, not numbing my hand. So when there's a mechanical problem, so if you bend your finger all the way backwards, that hurts. The treatment's not injections, medication. The treatment is to remove that stress. So that's 90% of mechanical pain. So when I, we do business to business, we want to get those employees to the proper care fast. So instead of 12 to 17 visits, instead of getting MRIs and surgeries, we want to get you to the proper clinician that knows how to target the root cause of pain and remove it. Um, Walmart, I, hats off to Lisa Woods. She's going after, with Walmart. They're really looking into the centers of excellence. It's all over the news. They're able to reduce their back surgeries by 50%, which yeah, is great. Yeah, that's impressive, yeah. I'll, we'll take it up a notch. If you get to a mechanically trained clinician, they're going to reduce back surgeries by 80%. This is shown in our research. But not only are they going to reduce that pain, they're also going to, I mean, reduce that surgery, I'm sorry, reduce the surgeries by 80%, not 50 they're also going to address the pain. So now that patient will go on to become chronic. So Walmart's doing awesome. They're, they're the first one to look at that. But it's more than that. Now we've got to make sure that person, does, they still have pain. They didn't have surgery, but they're still in pain. Get them to the proper clinician, not a surgeon. Why are we going to surgery right away? Get them to a mechanically trained clinician who's going to address those symptoms, reduce that pain, empower them, and get them back to full function. So that's when I, with businesses, Let's look at your healthcare costs. Let's look at what is the typical, your employee wakes up with pain. What is the typical process? Let's eliminate that. And as soon as they have pain, let's get them to the right person to take a look at it and help them reduce it. Good message. And, and look, at the end of the day, uh, there's, there's different, uh, different thought processes around this. What you're saying is not going to be very popular amongst hospitals and spine surgeons. But we're not looking to be popular. We're looking to improve outcomes. And 
And that's why <clears throat> I applaud you for, for your work. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and, and it's not a one size fits all, but it's definitely an opportunity to reduce, uh, you know, and I would say not the total spine surgery, but reduce the unnecessary surgeries. I think that's, that's, that's yes. critical. Yes. You know what? Our healthcare is the greatest healthcare, but it has some major flaws. Don't expect us providers, TPAs, carriers that are making money off this broken system to fix it. The only person that, the only people that can fix it are the Walmarts, the people paying the bill. So we, it needs to be disrupted, completely overhauled. Um, but don't think your insurance carrier, your TPA, and your providers are going to fix it. So, yeah, you're going to make all of us making money upset, but it needs to be changed. Yeah. No, it's good, good, good message, Aideen. And so, uh, obviously, the, the passion is there, and the people listening are also passionate about making a difference. So thanks for infusing that into our, our, our chat today. Uh, give us an example of when it hasn't worked for you uh, in your current business. What mistakes do you guys make and how did you learn from it that's made you better? Sure. Um, I make mistakes every day. <laughs> um, all day long we're making mistakes, but that's how you learn. That's how you get better. If you don't make mistakes, then you're not improving. So I, I don't think it's the mistake that's the problem. It's how you handle that. So if you have a, a customer that's upset, how are you going to win that customer over? Um, but my, probably my biggest mistake that, you know, my, that heart, that your heart, that's sinking and it's in your heart had to do with early days of building the app. I spent a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It was overseas. And I really thought I had signed up with the wrong company and there's no legal, I, I can't sue a different country. Yeah. Um, it all worked out, but I definitely lost a lot of stress, but you learn also. Um, and if I didn't try that, I wouldn't be where I am today. So I don't mind making mistakes. It's what you do. How do you correct that mistake and how do you learn from it? And and so in this particular situation, and and I want to leverage from these learnings, right? For for the listeners, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people trying to build platforms, right? And so what what happened out there? What what do you wish would have gone better? and, and, And what did you learn? And how did you end up doing it? Well, it, it's, it's, just, it's something I've never done and it's hard to get advice from and yeah. you're, you're having something done in a different country because it's a third of the cost. Mm-hmm. Um, but our traditions, our personalities, our language is different. So what I was saying to them, they were saying something different to me. And I think it was just our, just a cultural difference. Yeah. Um, and the only, what do you learn? You, you still got to put your foot in the water. You, you just still have to take chances. Yeah. You just double check everything, but you still got to jump in. I mean, there's no, who knows? It, it, I was just, again, lucky that it worked out, but if yeah. it didn't, I would have been out of some money and I would have continued and tried somebody else. Mm-hmm. You just got to keep trying. Yeah, yeah. So w- w- if, if, it's a, if it's somebody that has an established business that's looking to get an app going or, or somebody that has an app as a business and they're early on, would you suggest that they pay a little bit more or go the outside route? What, what would you suggest to them? Sure. If you have the money, absolutely. If you can get the backing, the, um, an angel seed fund, of course, um, it, it saves a lot of stress. But if you're a true entrepreneur and you're just bootstrapping it, you got to take a bigger chance. Yeah. So the only way I was going to make it 
was to go overseas. To do that. So yes, yeah. I was taking a bigger risk, but it's a bigger reward. I'm a hundred percent still owner of the company. Right. Um, hmm. So yeah, those are the things you have to weigh. Yes. Yeah. If you have the funds, yeah, save your stress and <laughs> reduce your stress and, uh, <laughs> and just get it done in, in the country, right? Yeah. yeah, get it done in your own country. <laughs> oh man. No, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, listeners, a lot, a lot to, to learn, uh, from, from a Dean and, uh, the success she's had. Um, uh, what, what about the other side of the coin, a Dean, what's one of the proudest leadership experiences you've had with, uh, with your company? Um, I'm going to say proudest moment versus leadership. Um, and yeah. that was when someone else made me disrupt, uh, probably five years, almost five years ago. It was why I started my company. Um, I was, I owned a very busy clinic in Pennsylvania. Um, we saw a lot of spine injuries mm-hmm. and a patient that had been with us two years prior called in a panic. He had throughout his back again, couldn't get out of bed and was begging for help. Um, I got on the phone. I said, you know what? Just have your wife drive you to our clinic. You know, we can definitely help you. And he pleaded. He says, I can't get out of bed. She can't get me in the car. So I told him, you need to call an ambulance. You need to go to the ER. But he refused. He said, that's what happened two years before. And I, and I ended up having two failed back surgeries and finally got to your clinic. He's like, I'm not doing that again. You have to help me. Hmm. Well, I, he wanted me to FaceTime him. And I was like, I will lose my license. I'm not legally allowed to FaceTime yeah. you. I didn't, I mean, this was five years ago. What did I know? I'm like, I, I, so, but he was a great referral source. I saw, treated all his friends and family. So I jumped on the phone and really thought I was doing something illegal. Quickly <laughs> FaceTimed him. <laughs> Less than five minutes on the phone. Now, before I got on the phone, a mechanically trained clinician knows he can't get out of bed. He's either shifted, he's bent either right or left. So yeah. I just need to know, are you tilt to the right or the left? And I try to have him look in a mirror, but he's like, oh, you just need to FaceTime me. So I quickly got one. I'm like, okay, you shifted this way. Just lie in bed and do this exercise. Long story short, four days later, he's 85% better and back to work. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm, I was busy, so I didn't think anything of it. But he sent in the baskets and kept calling me. He's the one that made me disrupt. He took me out of my comfort zone and he kept saying, you need to do this. You need to go where the patient needs you. So I was like, I don't have time. So um, I started looking into telehealth a little bit. And then the ne- I was in a busy, um, in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. It's kind of busy during rush hour. So I have a lot of no-shows at the last minute. And one executive, she had canceled her first visit three times. And I heard the secretary, I said, no, no, she, don't reschedule her. That's it. Um, you know, she's blocking our schedule. And then I stopped for a second and said, you know what, give me the phone. So I jumped on the phone. I said, listen, by chance, would you be interested in a trial of telehealth? Explain to her what it was. We're just going to do basically a glorified FaceTime just to see. We're just, you know, uh, a pilot. She said, absolutely. She mm-hmm. loved it. We got her better. And then I realized he is right. People, we need to go where the person is. We need to, the patient is, should be the, our focus. So that's how my business started. It was not my brainchild. Someone made me do it. <laughs> I love it. <clears throat> no, it's great. It's great. And, uh, you know, I, I, I gotta tell you, it's, uh, it's, uh, I got goosebumps with your story because I, I just, you know, I saw, I see it happening every single day. And, um, mm-hmm. and so kudos to you. I would say it, it's not a disruption you did. It's an, a transformation. It's more uh-huh. than disruption. You know, I disruption is, is 
temporary stopping of something transformation, you change completely. And that's what you did. Mm. Patient made me change after I didn't want to. <laughs> no, awesome. Awesome. I love it. And, and so <clears throat> what's one of the most exciting things that uh, you're working on today? Total rewards. That's where we should be. That's where we yeah, should have started. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited about a couple of things that look like um, hopefully that will happen in the future. And again, that is just being where we want to be. So if someone's in pain instantly or pretty quickly, they can be connected with someone that can quickly evaluate them and tell them what's wrong. This is what, this is all you need to do. Um, so I'm really excited about that um, to transform how we're treating musculoskeletal problems to be on the forefront of that. I love it. Yeah. So uh, we're here uh, to the lightning round. So we're going to do a couple questions, lightning round style, followed by a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready, Aideen? Sure. All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? Look at the true data with humility, not arrogance. What's the biggest? Can you look at Yeah. No, no, go go ahead. ahead. Do you want to expand on it? I'll keep talking. No, go ahead. All right. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Of course, keeping with the status quo. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? Embrace change. You can never stay stagnant in healthcare. What's the one area of focus that drives everything at your organization? Patient first. What book would you recommend? Oh, my favorite book. Um, it's an oldie. A Man's Search for Meaning by um, Viktor Frankl. Whew, that's a heavy one. Uh, with physical therapy, he's the one that started visualization and sports psychology. Um, so whenever we're talking about psychology of injury and healing, he's, he's the king. He so, started so it all. He, he started sports psychology? Frankl well, did? Yeah. So if you wow. remember his book, it's so short, but he um, mentions about American soldiers that were in the concentration camp as well. And they were Mm -hmm. golfing in their head. They never golfed before, but they just did. I mean, to stay sane, they were just doing rounds of golf in their head. When they came out of the concentration camp, they were these phenomenal golfers. So the whole, his logo therapy, the whole visualization, she's like back in the day, Mary Lou Retton was one of the first to do it, but she imagined her perfect 10 over, even down to her mom's reaction. Yeah. So this is the heart and soul of sports psychology. It's Victor Frankel. No kidding. Wow. That's cool. And should be for injury and healing. Yeah. So it should be for us too. Hmm. Very interesting. That that book, folks, if you haven't read it, wow. I mean, you got to read it. If you have a reading list, put this one on the top (laughs) because it's a good one. Uh, And I appreciate the recommendation, Nadine. It it is uh, gut-wrenching, but at the same time, shows you the potential uh, of, of, of being human. Yes. And the importance of, of love yeah. more than anything else, not how healthy, I mean, it comes down to your love of something of someone else determines how your, it's just your longevity. You know, yeah. if you're in a concentration camp, the ones that survived weren't the healthiest ones. The little old lady survived because she, thought that her child was waiting for on the other side. And that gives me goosebumps. Oh my gosh. Yeah, me too. Me too. Great recommendation. Folks, you know where to find all this 
awesome, uh, all the awesome resources, outcomesrocket.health in the search bar, type in Aideen, and you're going to find all of the things that we've discussed today, a full transcript, the short notes, links to the books, links to her app. Uh, definitely something that you want to check out. Uh, before we conclude, Aideen, this has been really fun, by the way. Thank you for, for your thoughtfulness. Thank you. Hey, I wanted to ask you Thank too. Thank you. I'm working on, mm-hmm. on redoing this thing and I've done the show in, in different ways, but what do you think of the lightning round? Should I keep it or should I ditch it? Oh, I like lightning round. Absolutely like it? keep it. How about yeah. the questions? Do you like the questions or should I ask different ones? Oh, the, Hmm. No, I like the question. You like the question? Yeah. Okay. Yes, I would leave I don't know. It's something. I, it's something I'm debating, and I'm, you know, like the, the. So I've been doing this show for three years, Aideen, and it's just been, uh, I mean, so much fun. I also feel like it's important to innovate, but I also like. I feel like maybe I've been forcing the innovation. Maybe it's good as it is. So I don't know. I'm open to your thoughts, Aideen. If you maybe at a later date want to give them to me and listeners, I'm open to your thoughts as well. If you like what you're hearing, let me know. If you want to change it up want me to change it up. I'm also open to changing it up. But anyway, regardless, I, I, I'll move on to say, hey, Dean, you've been incredible. Uh, the work that you're doing is, is inspiring. Give the listeners a call to action, a closing thought, and then the, the best place where they could get in touch with or follow you. Sure. So of course, my closing, closing thought is our healthcare has some of the greatest advancements, but also has many broken parts. And in order to fix it, we need to transform it more than disrupt <laughs> it. Um, and I can easily be reached at my, our website is virtual physical therapist with an S.com or my LinkedIn. Aideen is spelled A-I-D-E-E-N. I think if you Google that, there's not many Aideens in the world. Aideen.vertphys. Um, and our main number is 878-332-20. Three, three. Love it. Make the call folks, look her up. And uh, yeah, Aideen, that's why I actually said that when they go to outcomesrocket.health, they could just type in Aideen because I haven't had another <laughs> Aideen. You're the first Aideen on the podcast. I'm like Madonna. I don't even need a last name. <laughs> you don't even need a last name. <laughs> oh, this has been great. Uh, so listeners, just take take uh, take the leap. <clears throat> Check out what uh, Aideen and her team are, are up to to help improve your health, but also your company's health and your employees' health. Aideen, thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Sal. All right, folks, I I found myself asking a dean a ton of questions, and I thought, man, this is selfish. I got to share this with everybody. So um, I'm I'm here back on the the air with a dean, and and I was asking her questions because I, if you remember during the podcast, I was sharing about my my shoulder pain, and she gave me a a a fix, and and then I, and we got into some questions that I wanted you to know about too. So a dean, how does it work? Do you take HSA? Help help give the listeners a review and, and how can they start using you guys? Because obviously I was very interested and maybe you all will be too. Sure. So right now we do self-pay, which is $89 a visit on average for self-pay patients because they're super motivated. Um, it's one to two visits. So we're going to walk you through, we're going to give you all the tools, the exercises you need to get yourself better. 
Um, and then we follow up by email. So if you have a couple of questions, we follow up. If the exercise isn't working, it's a money back guarantee. So if we're not, if we haven't made a positive, um, if we haven't reduced your symptoms in some way, it's a money back guarantee. Now we and, also, and for the by work the way, the first time I heard that, I was like, what? All right. So I just had to <laughs> no, say that. Not hard in the medical field. <laughs> Um, on the workers' comp side, we do bill traditional HICFA 1500 form, um, and the cost is double or triple <laughs> because, again, uh, people, a lot of people are going to hate me, but it costs us a lot of money to finally get paid. It takes us months and a lot of legwork when we bill because of denials and everything else. You got to so, factor in your administrative costs. I get it. Yes. Yep. So I want to go sense. back to simple straight line billing. This is how much we charge. This is how much we get paid. End of story. So we, we like the self-pay side. Love um, it. And, and no and HSA, HSA at the moment, right? Not, not the moment. We haven't even looked into that. Oh, so now that we're going towards. Yeah. So um, that would it's be a little huge. bit more. It's a little bit more complicated. The insurance oh, it? carriers. It's, there's something called parity law, and that means that they're passing these laws that insurance carriers have to pay the same amount for telehealth as they would um, with traditional brick-and-mortar treatments. Oh, interesting. Um, so that means we do have to bill in the HICFA 1500 form, so it is going to cost more to the insurance carrier, um, but it's so great. And we, we've tried it. We dabbled in a little bit, and we just spent months trying to get paid. Yeah. So it kind of – I get that. We're waiting – we're waiting for someone else to spend a lot of time and energy on it. So we're kind of on the, on the back burner with that one. Um, but we will start looking into HSAs as well. It's just, uh, we'll see how it works out. Yeah, but it's 89 bucks, right? Yeah, $89. Listen, I mean, if, Money you, back have, if you have pain, just, just do it. I mean, it's like a no-brainer. And, and okay, so you go to the app store and what do you look for? Sure. So um, Google Play and the Apple Store, you go, it's called Virtual Physical Therapist, mm -hmm. um, VPT. So just it's type in VPT? I, you have to type in the whole thing, Virtual oh, Physical, okay. and then as soon as you type in Therapist, then it's going to pop up. It's a little blue and white logo. It's a little person with yep. the Wi-Fi symbol over their head. I see it. That's yep. what you're going to say. A little I see it. Yep. Okay, cool. I see it. Um, there it is. You just get it. It's free to download. And then you just get yes. started. Yes. This is awesome. Aideen, uh, thanks for, for doing this kind of uh, tag-on session in the back. I just wanted to share it with the listeners because, uh, hey, you probably have back pain and you're driving listening to us. Pull over. Don't do it while you're driving. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> you can get started. So, Aideen, just want to say thanks again. Thank you, Sal.